and Goliath, probably the most popular story in Scripture. It happens to be the only miracle that uh, theologians consider in David's life is when he slays Goliath. That's his only miracle. And, and he was yet very active in his own miracles. So we're in 1 Samuel 17 this morning. The Philistines, they're in battle formation. They're in battle array. And they are in Israel. They've already invaded Israel, and they're there, and they're challenging the army of Israel. And the Philistines are on one small mountain or huge hillside, and Israel's on the other. And there's uh, what we would call a serious sword-rattling process going on, each side trying to frighten the other side. And... Both sides trying to show how prepared for battle they are. And David, he has left Saul's court, King Saul's court, as a, as a young man. He's gone back to his father's house, and he's once again is being shepherd over his father's sheep. Even in David's time, being a shepherd was an occupation of no respect. Before David, though, there was the Pharaoh of Egypt, and he, along with all other Egyptians, disdained anybody that was a keeper of animals. And he gave Joseph and Jacob, Joseph's father, land that was separated, really, from the general populace of Egypt and they were given this area to graze their sheep. And the Egyptians didn't think much of shepherds either. It was a lowly career of no respect. But God in his wisdom has shepherds spread the word of the birth of Jesus there in Luke 2. God using the very lowly to let the world know about his son being born. So let's read of the battle, the battle of there that uh, Israel and the Philistines are having, this posturing that's going on by the Philistines. So let's pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll read verses 1 through 10. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah. And they encamped between Sokoth and Zakai in the Ephes of Damian, or however you would say it. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on one mountain, and Israel stood on the mountain opposite side of the valley that was between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. 
whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shekel and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, you servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. That's easy to say if you're a giant. <laughs> you know, give me one of your little guys and I'll fight him. And the armies are in a standoff there on each side of the mountains. And this champion of the Philistines, Goliath, he's nine to ten feet tall. That's a big man, by the way. And he issues this challenge to all of Israel, you know, and it's not much of a challenge if you're the biggest and the baddest guy ever around, but they have done archaeological digs, and they found skeletons of these giants of, uh, in that area. This giant, though... He's in battle array. He's got all his armor on, and he walks out in the middle of this valley, and he probably beats on his chest <laughs> and, uh, and cries out, send out your champion so we can fight each other to the death. Now, Goliath was an awesome figure. He's in full armor, and he had on his coat of mail and a woven chank link mail that he had on, and it probably weighed around 150 pounds, just this coat of mail that he had on. And he had on brass shin guards and, uh, and a spear, you know, with an iron head that weighed about 20 pounds, which he would throw, small cannonball he would throw at you. Now, the Olympics have the shot put. That is, they throw this steel ball far as they can or put it, and it weighs 16 pounds. And, and the furthest throw is around 80 feet. That's about how far these Olympians can throw the shot put. Goliath's spearhead weighs 20 pounds. He is a, a giant of a man. And his shield is so heavy that he has his own man that carries his shield. So there's this massive giant, 10 feet tall, armor out there gleaming in the sun, and the total weight, along with Goliath being huge like he is, was probably between 800 and 1,000 pounds. That's a mountain of a man. And he's crying out against Israel. 
each and every day, morning and evening, and he does this for 40 days. And here's his cry. Send out your champ. We will fight, and whoever wins will be the slave of the victor. And we hear what Goliath cries out. You ready? I'm going to do Goliath now. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And his voice alone probably caused everybody in Israel to shudder. So let's read on. Verse 11, same chapter. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of Ephraimite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons, and the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul, speaking of Jesse. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul in battle. The names of the three sons who went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him was Abinadad, and then the third was Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephod of this dried grain and ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news to them. Now Saul and they all, all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eloth, fighting with the Philistines. Well, it's kind of a stalemate right now. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then he talked with them, and there was a champion the Philistines, of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw this man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here 
And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your insolence of heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Saul and all of Israel are in great fear. They're beside themselves in fear. And Saul in particular is greatly afraid for he is the one everyone expects to go and fight for Israel. They expect Saul, their leader, their king, to fight this giant. Because Saul was the biggest Israelite around. Remember, he stood head and shoulders above the common Israelite. And the average height of an Israelite in that time, they think, was around five foot two or three. And so that made Saul probably six foot or so. A few of us from the church went down to Baja, Mexico a few years back to visit a fellow Calvary chapel down there. Pastor Ken, a friend of mine, he was a pastor there. And while we're down there in Baja, uh, he performed a marriage ceremony with a couple Trachy Indians. Trachy Indians were the farm workers down there, are the farm workers down there in Baja. And they're small people. They're maybe five foot tall. I felt like Goliath down there, you know. I spoke in a deep voice and was a lot bigger than the rest of them. <laughs> but David, he's sent by his dad, Jesse, to take some food supply to his brothers. And David arrives there at the camp where this standoff is. And he heard the words of Goliath. And in verse 26, we read, he wants to know, hey, what kind of reward is there for the man who kills this Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? They tell him, well, he'll make you a rich man. He'll give his daughter to you in marriage. And you'll be exempt from the army. You won't have to serve in the army and you'll be exempt from taxes. That alone would have made 
taking that <laughs> chance to fight Goliath almost worthwhile. But there's great reward there. Then David is chastised by his older brother, Eliab. Go home, little brother, and take care of those few sheep. David has a reply for him. What have I done now? So David is accustomed to being chastised or rebuked by his older brothers. What have I done now? And David said, is there not a cause? Why, why, brothers, are you standing around and letting this Philistine, even though he's a giant, why are you allowing him to defy the armies of the living God? And David says, is there not a cause? David begins, begins to put out the word among those that will listen to him. I'm willing to fight Goliath. So they bring David to Saul, King Saul. And now David, he's, he's not a, a, a little boy anymore. He's, he's left Saul's court where he would play and sing for Saul, uh, Saul and calm him down. And he's a young man. But he's not a seasoned warrior and Saul does not appear to recognize David. And he tries to talk David out of doing battle with Goliath. But there are no other volunteers. No one else is stepping forward. And we hear what David has experienced by being a shepherd. He's killed both lion and bear. That's noteworthy. <laughs> the, these lions and bears would, uh, they would go in and they would grab a, a sheep and feast upon it. But David says, I struck and killed a lion. I grabbed it by its beard and hit it and struck it and killed it. Now that's up close and personal warfare with a lion. And it's an example of David, what a good shepherd he was. Because no wild beast is going to eat one of his sheep, not while he's on duty. And David tells Saul by faith, and this is where the faith enters in. The Lord will also deliver me from this Philistine in the same way he delivered me from the lion and the bear. Saul, without another option, says, okay, go and the Lord be with you. Saul has just put the entire future hope of Israel in the hands of a young man that is a shepherd. But Saul is afraid. He's sorely afraid. David's brothers are afraid, and the entire army of Israel is afraid. And you have one shepherd boy, young man, who's willing to fight this giant. But Saul, he's afraid he sent David out to his death. But David's hope is not in 
anything but the Lord. The Lord will deliver me, and he will deliver this giant into my hand. He delivered me from the lion and the bear, and he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. God prepared David for his battle with Goliath with a lion and a bear. Sometimes we go through things and we think, why in the world am I being tried this way? This, this trial, this period of difficulty I'm going through is more than I can bear. God has a purpose for it. For David, a lion and a bear, and David has to do hand-to-hand -hand combat with a lion? Interesting. Verse 38, we'll read 38 through 58. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened the sword to his arm and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. So the Philistine came, and he began drawing near to David, and the man who bore his shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? Speaking of David's staff. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israelites, of the Israel whom you defy. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army of the Philistines. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out and its sheath from its sheath and killed him by cutting off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley of the gates of Ekron. 
And the wounded of the Philistines fell among the, those <clears throat> on the road to Shaharim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put the armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the command, his commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner says, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. David <clears throat> takes off his armor that Saul has given him. He can't move about. He can't be uh, able to run and pursue Goliath. And he takes a shepherd's staff in his hand. That alone is uh, something to study. Moses had his staff. David had his staff. But he selected from the brook there, from the little stream, five round stones for his sling. And he goes out to meet Goliath. Goliath draws near to David along with his shield bearer in front of him. And Goliath is actually insulted that Israel's best warrior is but a young, young man. But David is the only one that has the courage, the faith, to do battle with Goliath. He's full of faith. And now the entire future of Israel rests upon this one young shepherd boy who's willing to fight a giant. But let's listen to Goliath's last words. Am I a dog that you should come to fight me with sticks? And Goliath curses David by his pagan gods. Come here, young man. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air. The birds of the air are nothing but vultures. And we see them, you can see them around roadkill, uh, out in the country, even in town. <laughs> and you can see them, and they will actually circle something that's dying, a dying animal out in the fields and stuff. And this is Goliath's last recorded words come here lad and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air not gonna happen but in verse 45 through 47 and we paraphrase for David and David saying something along the line of you big overgrown barbarian <laughs> you come to me in full battle armor You've got a sword, you've got a spear, you've got javelin, you've got all your protective armor on, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you along with the God of the armies 
of Israel, by the way, whom you defied. And as long as you're listening to me, Goliath, my Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to take your head off of your shoulders. Big words. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to do it so the whole earth will know that there is a God in Israel. David's heart is pure. He knows he's fighting a godly battle here. It's not for his glory like Eliab, his brother, accuses him of. David knows there's a reason for him to fight this giant. So it will be a good witness for the Lord throughout the world. And it has been. Who doesn't know the story of David and Goliath? The entire world knows that story today. And he tells Goliath, God doesn't deliver by sword or spear. You're fighting a shepherd boy, Goliath. But you're really fighting against the living God of Israel. <clears throat> it's interesting to note, as they draw close to battle, David runs towards Goliath. He runs towards the Philistines. He runs out to meet Goliath. And David, he can't wait to kill this guy. He's going to kill this guy that everyone in Israel, including Saul, is afraid of. And David, just by being out there, has won the admiration and respect of every man in Israel. For they all were afraid to do what David is doing. God, by his spirit, is upon David, and he's given him faith. He's given him a gift of faith, and he's given him courage. When all those around him are terribly, almost paralyzed with fear, you got a young shepherd boy that will run out to meet this Goliath. As David runs towards Goliath, he puts a stone in his sling, and by the way, there, he slings it at Goliath, and there is no way in the world that stone can miss its mark. God will see to that. God will see to that. The stone is guided by the living God, and the stone finds its mark. <clears throat> Now, part of the armor that was not mentioned, and they have discovered in archaeological digs, Goliath wore one of those flip-down face shields. Goliath is so full of confidence, I'm sure he raises this up and says, it's but a young boy coming at me, and I want to see him clearly. And so he lifts up the one piece of protection that's going to kill him. Goliath, in his confidence, lifts up his little helmet shield and catches the stone right in the forehead. The stone that David slung at Goliath was probably this, roughly the size of a golf ball. 
and it sinks down into his forehead, and the battle is over. Just that quick. It's done. Goliath falls face first to the ground as his stone is embedded in his head. Now, I believe fully and completely, if necessary, and David wasn't a good aim with that sling, that God would move Goliath to catch it. <laughs> because this stone will find its mark. This stone is directed, and the head of Goliath is directed by God. One stone slung one dead giant. Just like it, the battle's over. David doesn't have his own sword. He didn't even carry a sword out there. So to further humiliate all the Philistines that are watching, he pulls Goliath's sword out of its sheath and chops his head off. Goliath's head becomes David's own personal trophy of the victory. He will take that head and take it with him to Jerusalem. Saul is probably dumbfounded by this whole scene. And he wants to know, hey, whose son is this young man? And Abner, Saul says, Abner, find out who he is. And Abner finds out that it's the son of Jesse. And Abner brings David to Saul and David still has the head of Saul in his hand. Uh, it's interesting. This giant's head probably weighed considerable amount of pounds. <laughs> An average adult head is about 12 pounds, containing the brain and everything. I bet, Saul, I bet uh, Goliath's head probably weighed around 20 pounds. Probably... Got it by the hair. <laughs> and Saul discovers this young boy that who sang and played his harp and calmed him down is now the deliverer of Israel. Yet, within a few short months, it seems like, Saul will go after David to try to kill him. Yet he's witnessed a great victory by this young shepherd boy. So we have a lesson here. A great lesson. Don't mess with a music musician. They're tough. That's your lesson. <laughs> no, seriously. The man that God used to calm Saul down would play his harp and sing to him. God will now use to be Israel's deliverer. The Holy Spirit rests upon David. Remember when Samuel anointed him, it said the Holy Spirit rested upon him, not just for a little while, all the days of his life. So, if you think you have something to be afraid of, consider David. And we can fear a lot of different things. We can fear um, being in 
too deeply in debt. We can fear uh, losing our job. We can fear, I mean, it just goes on and on and on, the fears that we can have. Only one man in Israel was not afraid to meet Goliath. Only one man. You would have thought one of these warriors of Saul would have stood up and said, hey, I'll fight that big galoot. But none of them did. They were sorely afraid. But God had one shepherd boy, a young man, that wasn't afraid. And he used him to deliver the entire nation. Our scripture reading was spoken by Jesus. Do not fear those that can kill the body. Fear the one that after the body's dead, that he has power to put it into heaven or hell. That's who we should fear. Never let fear dictate to you in any way. Never make a decision that's based on fear. God doesn't want us living in fear. Amen? Man, let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for all the training, for all the experiences you put David through that he would become Israel's deliverer. But Lord, you put your spirit upon him too. And you give him courage where I'm sure David had no courage. You, you give him experiences with lions and bears that he would learn not to fear, Lord. And you do the same for us. You put us through different trials and episodes in our life where we won't live a fearful life. Lord, take away any fears that we may have. Show us that man is not anything that we should be afraid of or the consequences of man. You are our Lord. And Lord, let us find ourselves aligning with you, fighting for your causes in this world that is so hardened towards you, Lord. We see all around us people that are non-believers and they're so vocal in their disbelief and their hearts are so hard. Lord God, let us be bold to declare your goodness. Let us be bold to believe in you. You could use us just like you used David, Lord, to speak forth hope to deliver those around us from the evil one. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would cause it to rest upon us in the same manner that it rested upon David, the same way that it rested upon the disciples, Lord. You told us that you would give us your Holy Spirit if we would ask. We're asking, Lord. We need to live that bold, victorious life unafraid. And so we ask you to do that good work in our hearts and lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.